Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for AMC's Walking Dead. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're going to be covering Season 2, Episode 10, entitled 18 Miles Out. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have some news, but it's a little spoilery, so we're going to save that until uh, after the outro music. Um, I almost feel like we're going to have to start stratifying the spoilers into, like, you know, unleaded, mid-range, weapons grade, because I there think... There are some weapons grade, There's yeah. a lot of our regular, normal listeners that would like to hear this particular news. It's a little comic spoilery, mm-hmm. little casting. But they'd probably be shocked by the rest of it. The, yeah, they'd be shocked, horrified, and... <laughs> I feel like we might need a rope. We need, might need another VIP section beyond. Oh, the, spoiler. the super spoilers. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. That sounds a little, uh, a little segmented for my taste. A little too segmented. Yeah, I'd rather just do all spoilers. All right. You're either spoiler free or you're spoiled. You either got a man up or shut away from the spoilers like a little girl. Definitely. Uh, all right. Let's get right into the recap. The first scene opens up with the zombies chasing a bloodied up Shane and Rick. Can we mention, I don't think we have for the last few episodes, uh, our theme song. Oh, we haven't. That's right. Uh, That's my brother's band. He's uh, in a band called Maesteriana, and you can find that song, uh, the full four-minute version, at maesterianamusic.com. There. I think they're happy now. All right. On to the recap. Um, so, where was I? Oh, yeah. Zombies are chasing, uh, Shane and Rick. Randall is laying on the ground, inching his way towards knife, and Shane gets trapped inside a school bus. What did you think of the open? Uh, well, it was a flash forward, mm-hmm. uh, as we find out, uh, a moment later after they come back. Uh, I don't particularly like this flash forward. I, I think they can be done well, but it's pretty hard to do them well, and I don't think this one was done particularly well. No, I think, uh, you know, Breaking Bad pilot, perfect yeah. example of a flash forward because you don't know anything about the characters, you don't know anything about the setting, you're just yeah. immediately hooked. Like, what the fuck? And Here, there's a second one in Breaking Bad where that's really good. I won't spoil it because it's too good. Right. But, and I yeah. actually feel that I'm just kind of lukewarm on that one. But this one I'm just totally against because I feel it was just, it didn't really serve a storytelling purpose. Yeah. It was just distracting because all through the episode i'm wondering well is it going to happen now is it going to happen now is it going to happen now mm-hmm. um it, and then it, when it did happen it lessened the impact of what was happening because i already had seen it and it also made rick and shane look like idiots you know because we knew mm-hmm. in uh, we knew where this was going and it mm-hmm. seemed like oh god i can't believe you guys are doing this in light of what's about to happen yeah yeah so I like I said I think that as far as cinematography or cinema tricks go I didn't think this was pulled off very well. Sure. Uh, before we get too deep into this, I just wanted to comment uh, a couple things about the episode in general. It's going to be really really difficult for us to we won't be able to please everybody with this cast because we got a lot of different email from people. Some saying they hated it, some saying they loved it. I'm somewhere in the middle, a little bit more towards disliking it. I think it's funny Um, that you are, I think it's the first time you didn't like something more than I did. Really? I was a little more negative on it? Yeah. Are you, yeah. The action is good. There's a lot of cool action in this, for sure. But there are some massive plot holes, some inconsistencies, some really dumb decisions. And I think this is also where... Yes, the action is very good, but it's built on a shaky foundation. Yeah, this the, the the foundational problems of the show. I've been kind of just glossed over, and 
it's not yeah it's like yeah this is all great but mm-hmm. i have this question this question this question and this plot hole this plot hole this plot hole and maybe they're yeah. gonna just kind of like murmur murmur wheelbarrow wheelbarrow over this and kind of you know look at the shiny yeah. zombie look at the you know blood spatter mm-hmm. and you know we'll be at episode 12 and 13 i'm like oh my god i can't wait for season three yeah i mean there is a certain amount of suspension of disbelief that has to happen here and i think for the most part i've done that on stuff like where are they getting all this food from to feed these this huge group of survivors who just showed up where are they getting all the fuel from all those sorts of things that stuff is not as big a problem as and i agree yeah like i I saw the one there's one guy in Grantland that just savages the show every freaking week. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, and he says you. He says you can practically smell the desperation in Red Bulls out of the writers' room through this episode, <laughs> and I think that's a perfect way to cap it. It's like sure they're heroically trying to get this show transitioned from the Herschel Farm vortex yeah. of boredom. It, a vortex and, of boredom, and you can is hear correct. the show grinding gears as it's trying to shift. You yeah. Know? That that is a very good analogy, uh, but I but up front I wanted to say I didn't absolutely hate this episode, but I didn't love it either. And there's so. only parts of like when we get to the Andrea Laurie scene, oh, we're going to sound like when Bunk and McNulty were investigating that one murder in season one. It's just like fuck, fuck, fuck. motherfuck, <laughs> fuck. I, it's just that's it's, it's going to be five minutes of that. Yep. Explicit tag on this episode now. <laughs> oh, it's been there. Uh, yeah, and I have, a, I have a little analogy about how I felt in that scene, but I'll save it. So let's move on. Uh, before they can actually get to where they're going, Rick stops the car to talk to Shane because uh, they're driving Randall out 18 miles. Um, so he tells Shane that he's going to stay alive to keep Laura and Carl alive. Uh, he also says that he knows what happened between Shane and Lori uh, and that he knew it pretty early on. Uh, and then Shane explains why it happened. And finally, they make sure that Randall's tied up still. So let's talk about this scene. So what do you think? uh, First of all, the symbolism. What symbolism? They have this conversation at a literal crossroads. Ah, yes, they do. Yeah. And I thought that was, again, Mazzara said he wants... That's cool cinematography. Yeah, he said he wants to make it more uh, cinematic. Cinematic, And again, I like it when they show things, show subtext rather than beat it through our head. Yeah. And I felt this scene was pretty effective. I wish... uh, My one wish out of this scene is... That Shane wouldn't have clammed up as much as he did. I wish he would have said more to Rick. See, I'm. I had exact. First of all, I'm glad that they showed us at a crossroads rather than Rick being like, "Brother, we are at a crossroads here," <laughs> and you know, like that. Yeah, that we he needed to solve it. But I thought that Shane did a pretty good job of listening to some difficult things. Wait, Shane did a pretty good job of listening to some difficult things sure. that Rick was saying. And then when Shane tried to tell him his side of the story and the things he went through, yeah. Rick's like, whatever, back in the car. And again... I get you, but he wasn't saying anything as he was as he was going through this. He waited until the very end, this is not and then you, he basically just said, they kept me alive, I didn't keep them alive. But isn't that... I mean, don't you want, instead of him interrupting and justifying, just listening to... Uh, no, because there there were a couple of parts to this conversation. The first part was that uh, him saying that he has what it takes to keep his family alive, and then the second part saying that he knows what happened between Shane and Lori. And that's really the only part that he responds to. All right. Now let's talk about the other part, which is Rick just throws out, I know what you did to Otis. 
Yeah, what and that's the, the other part. Here is, again, prime example of the show grinding gears. Mm-hmm. They've gone from Dale saying, you know, I think, I bet I know yeah. what Shane did. I have a hunch. To Lori finding out and saying, I think Shane did this, to Rick now saying, it's a certainty that you killed Otis. Fess yeah. up. And Shane just gives it up. And yeah, this is like that whispering game when you're whispering someone's ear <laughs> and then by the end, yeah, by the end it's changed so much. Their thoughts on it are that he's he's a murderer. Also, yeah, well, here's the thing. Rick took this in stride. This reminds me of like in episode 2 of the Star Wars prequels, uh, Anakin confesses to Padme that he slaughters uh, uh, an innocent, and she's you just know, like, "Hmm, that's yeah, interesting." Yeah, it's like, "Yeah, I slaughtered all the women and children and the men." And a whole tribe I wiped out for one act. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Rick just yeah. like, oh, yeah, you're a murderer. You you put someone else's, your life ahead of someone else. Um, I'm cool with that. Just don't let it happen again. Especially not with me and Lori, right? We're cool. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going through either. of. I don't know what gets going through Shane's head about certain things here. I just so. felt like... I don't think that I think the Otis thing is a red herring. They don't have to be this. Yeah, you know, I used to say in uh, Breaking Bad podcast a lot that there's someone so and so is ham fisted or they're wearing a bacon gauntlet. I don't think mm-hmm. they needed to don the bacon gauntlets and slap us around with this Otis thing. Well, I mean, the, how else would they do it? Because there isn't any physical evidence that he's done this. You know, no, but it's there's enough of him going to Lori and saying Rick can't keep you safe and. Mm-hmm. I can and all this other stuff. It's there's a lot. I think there's enough evidence for Rick to have this conversation. And also, like I said two weeks ago, when are they going to have this talk about what happened between him and Lori? Yeah, like they needed to get that out. There's a sure. shitload of things for them to talk about without bringing this Otis shit into it. In my opinion. Okay. Um. So yeah, Shane here interestingly tells Rick that he can't just be the good guy anymore and expect to live. And Rick says, I'm not the good guy anymore. So I think the the events of last episode in the bar have really affected him. Yeah, I think he says that, but I still think sure. evidence is going to show that Rick is still the good guy. He is, but he is definitely headed towards bad guy territory. Yeah. Or, or not necessarily bad guy territory, but just not everybody's pal and always trying to do the right and maybe stupid thing. All right, so I still think he's beta Rick, but now yeah. I'll say he's beta Max Rick. Beta Max Rick. All right. If he gets, if he, uh, if he goes weak, he's VHS Shane. Uh oh. <laughs> no, it's like he could be Beta Men. Then he's Beta Max. Hmm. Okay. He hasn't quite made the jump to Alpha. Gotcha. VHS uh, Shane. Yeah. What the? <laughs> is he going? Just glossed over it, man. Is he? Is is he going to win the war because the porn industry throws his weight behind him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's going to happen. Yeah. Andrea will be key player in that. You'd think Rick would have won. <laughs> But all the <laughs> porn producers in the zombie apocalypse threw their weight behind Shane. Oh, zombie porn. It's an entire new genre, man. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, Shane's sexier. He's got the bigger lobes. <laughs> uh, interesting side note here. Some Redditors pointed out uh, that the shot from Randall's point of view in the trunk actually originated in Tarantino movies. That's kind of a signature Quentin Tarantino shot. Yeah. And I, I thought it was not, pretty cool. Did you? Because I, in my yeah. notes, said, what is this? I did not like it. Oh, I liked it. And the you whole got the POV music playing. with the music. And, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I liked it. Stunt. Right. Some of this feels a little too stunty. Moving on. A little too camera shovely. Maggie and Shovel Lori cam. are preparing some of the some food for Beth. 
Maggie's concerned about Glenn and what he told her about freezing up last episode, but Lori tells her not to worry about it. Uh, I really don't like to see Maggie getting advice from Lori here. <laughs> I think that's about the worst person, <laughs> maybe aside from Dale, that you could get advice from. I, we haven't seen Glenn this whole... It'd be hilarious if Lori's like, you know, we haven't seen Glenn this whole episode. I think you should go out and fuck <laughs> Dale. Yeah. I think that's really the... <laughs> that's the only smart move. It's been at least a day since you've seen him go out and fuck Dale right now. <laughs> yep. You need to find someone else to protect you. Yeah, and that'll keep him from loving you, and no problem. <laughs> You'll save him doing that. <laughs> or T-Dog. No one's... T-Dog's got no lines. Go out and fuck T-Dog. Uh, sure. Why not? Uh, so what happened in the last week that made Lori so zen? Because we know that this episode took... Uh, is is a week in the future from last episode. Yes. Like, this is they fact. Glenn Lazara tweeted it. Rick says it at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. It is one week. Yeah. Um, hard to believe, but one week. Yeah. Um, man, I don't know. So why is she so zen about letting the guys just go out after she, she went raced from, off after Rick? Give us a chance mm-hmm. to the world's not worth living in mm-hmm. to you need to keep us safe. To, to you can't keep us safe, so I need to go after you to get you. Yeah, I don't and know. And now to eh, do whatever you want. And also, we need to you know we need to provide as much normalcy and life worth living here as we can. Yeah. So I wonder if she didn't just realize when she crashed that stupid car that she was in over her head, trying to contribute to like gathering supplies or being safe or anything. I don't know because I. Th- she felt pretty stupid about it when she's talking to Andrea later. As she's well, like she should. Mm-hmm. As well, she should. Yeah, I agree, man. I, but again, I, I don't. Lori is a cipher to me. I don't like thinking about her. I don't like it when she opens her mouth. <laughs> I don't like when she's standing there silent. Yeah, I have a lot more to say about Lori, but I'll save it until we get to the scene. When I think Lori will inevitably die, maybe not this mm. season, maybe not next season. When they do, I'm going to open up the cast with like some kind of, uh, you know, like Mexican Angels celebration trumpeting. music. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And like people shooting guns and going Arriba in the background. It's going to be a celebration is what I'm saying. Definitely. We're going to get the yeah. pinatas out. We're going to throw a viewing party for I don't know episode. why I've made this celebration a Tex-Mex theme, but <laughs> it's that's the feel of it. All right. Yeah. All it's right. very festive. Thank you. Uh, so, so then Rick is uh, talking to Shane about their plans for the winter as they drive, which I thought was pretty cool. You know, Rick's thinking ahead. Uh, but then Shane looks preoccupied as he watches a zombie in the distance, in the field, the amber waves of grain. Um, so there's a lot to say about these things. There's a lot to say yeah. about all these scenes. First of all, I want to make note that Andrew Lincoln just gave up southern accent this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah? He's like, you know, if I, if I talk like this... I can just talk about snow and snowmobiles, and we need to conserve our ammo. And no one will notice that I don't have a southern accent anymore. Sure, until he says soccer, or until he says uh, football, meaning soccer, and then we're all done. Forget <laughs> it. You've lost us. And also, I remember I called bullshit on the fact that there would be snowmobiles in Georgia. And, yes. And I Googled this, and there is one snowmobile dealership in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, rem- that's pretty ridiculous. I just remember how, like, three inches of snow shut down Atlanta for a week. Yeah. Like, last year or the year before that. I think it was mm-hmm. the year before that. So maybe that's that's an overreaction. This guy's like, you know, we need snowmobiles. <laughs> Open up a dealership. <laughs> yeah. So, so what is he talking about with the snowmobiles? Is he planning on moving north? I, I, it doesn't seem like it to me. Yeah. Because the whole point of this season has been we want to stay on this farm. 
Uh, yeah. I, so why would he all of a sudden decide, oh, we, we're going north in the winter? I don't know. I don't know why he's thinking that – because Georgia doesn't get that – I not maybe it does. Maybe northern Georgia does get colder. But here's the thing. Even if it does, what snowmobile dealership is open or keeps stock during the summer? Right. In Georgia, where it's 120 degrees. And it's not like this is Manitoba. You're not going to be rustling through some Georgia guy's house and yeah. like, oh, a cache of snowmobiles. <laughs> The whole group can have one now. Yeah. I mean, I buy warm clothes and all that kind of stuff. Sure. But, uh, you know. I don't know, man. Uh, that, uh, it was I think fi- he's hoping for a bit much there. It was a funny observation. Um, I do think it's his main point. And it's good to hear someone start talking about, you know, what we need to do. Because I think that ever since mm-hmm. Sophia yeah. died, this group has been wandering around without any kind of goals or any kind of direction. Yeah. And Growing cucumbers. And- it was not. The herpes of putting, gardening. Putting mint in the lemonade. Did you see I put that on uh, on, on Reddit? People were criticizing <laughs> the facts. Like, how do they have fresh tomatoes and cucumbers? And I said, well, of course, uh, cucumbers are the herpes of gardening. <laughs> okay. Massive upvotes. Really? Because <laughs> nice. everybody knows. If you got a neighbor or coworker that's got a fucking garden, mm-hmm. you will have cucumbers shoved up your ass <laughs> until the first frost. Like awesome. it's it's it, a single cucumber plant will produce more cucumbers than mm. a ten any ten families can use in a lifetime. Wow! All right, it's, I did not know that. Yeah, it's like Jesus and the fish and loaves. It's, it's just, just a shame that they're not very uh, nutrient rich. No, you know? they're good for making. I think, I think they're good for salads and making pickles. And yeah, they're impromptu garnish. sex toys. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so let's talk about the big. Uh, the big question here, what does the zombie in the field mean? A lot of people are speculating about this. Um, what's funny, because I think it's got multiple layers of meaning, and another truly... This was an excellent scene yeah, oh, for this the is show. Very well done, yeah. So, you give me one interpretation. Uh, my interpretation of it, my really my only interpretation of it, is that this is Shane realizing how alone he is. All right. Uh, and I say that because there's – they had just talked – Rick had just talked about um, – I'm sorry. Shane had just talked about Lori and Carl saving his life. And when Rick came back, he lost them basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lori wants nothing to do with him. Uh, Andrea it, – it's kind of a running theme of people being alone in this episode. Andrea calls out Lori later on for having her family and nobody else does. Uh, and Maggie also telling Beth that she's not alone later on. There's this this loneliness theme kind of running through the episode. Hmm, good point. Uh, I think that it also demonstrates that this is not a safe place. Yeah. Now, there's like zombies walking all around there, and it's kind of uh, kind of dumb luck that more of them haven't come to the farm. Yeah, definitely. So it's like Shane, as Rick is talking about the future and setting up stability and all this, <laughs> Shane's looking out the window and is like, yeah, well, there's still... Wa- you can plan all you want, fucker, but there's yeah. still walkers roaming the earth. That's a good take. Uh, and also, I thought this was an original one, but I saw it on Reddit. Uh, people saying that it was an example of how this is the new world. Yeah. Just like you'd be looking out the window and like, oh, a deer. It's like, oh, a single zombie walking through. Yeah. Um, and it's just there's just something something pretty, creepy pretty, about a pristine landscape, all dotted by this one lone zombie yeah that was also i forget the movie there's a short film that was made last year about a zombie that was was in a penguin outfit 
okay. someone linked uh, i think it's on our facebook page but um what was so creepy to me is like the majority of those scenes took place in broad daylight mm-hmm. and it somehow it's somewhat i think it's almost creepier zombies attacking in day than night i i've at I least feel on you this there show because you kind of expect monsters at night, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's where you... The monsters are usually cordoned off into the night. Yeah. But when you see them in the day, it's like they're bleeding into your world. Yeah. And they're more of an imminent threat. Like, they've taken over. When yeah. they're walking around in the daytime, and that's man's domain. The yeah. animals and all the things that go bump in the night, they, they belong there. But when you see them walking in the day, it's like they've taken over the fucking world. Yeah. Super effective scene. I really like this, and I love it when he's on the way back uh, and sees the same thing. So then Lori brings some food to Beth, who's feeling better physically, but uh, is a wreck mentally. She's talking about uh, how everything is pointless and nothing matters. I uh, didn't have much to say about that scene, so let's keep going. All right. Rick then tries to find a good place to drop Randall, and he finally settles on the Mert County Department of Public Works. And I tried to look up Mert County. I couldn't find any information about it. I don't think it's real. Okay. Uh, but it's written on all the police cars. It's on the sign out front of the, the gate. Um, but then at the at the gate, Rick gives Shane a lesson in silent zombie kills, and they search the grounds. They find a couple zombie corpses, but they don't have bites, but they do have scratches. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed Rick here was siphoning gas. That's a pretty smart thing to do. He's got like four of those five-gallon uh, containers. And I wonder if any of that made it back into the car. I don't know. That's a good question. Because uh, they, they did go back to the car to get Randall, but I don't know if they took the gas with him. I didn't see it. So mm, I, well, I guess we could clear that up and rewatch him, because if he was walking back with Randall and didn't have the gas tanks in his hand, I don't think they did, right? Unless they made a second you know, a second trip before everything went to shit. Maybe. I mean, I uh, that's suspension of disbelief. I, I could go either way. I don't care. Right. Um, the other thing I noticed is that this bus that Shane kind of examines... It was used as kind of a refuge for people, right? I mean, it had blankets in there. It had some lighting set up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think people were living in there for an extended period of time. And maybe those people were on the road and they came to this Department of Public Works and, and decided to hole up there instead. Right. Also, it this, it served a plot by, you know, mm. one, if Shane had just run up on that bus in the chaos that ensues, your first thought would be... Oh, I bet there's zombies on that bus. Yeah. But since he's cleared the location, that becomes you know, it's kind of an efficient storytelling device too to get that over with right now. Definitely. Um so I'm gonna talk about the scratches on the zombies in the second scene where we see them. Uh-huh. So if you have any comments on that, let's just save them. Uh the next scene is Lori going to visit Beth again, uh, who's decided that everything is pointless. Uh Lori tells her that she still has Maggie and Herschel and Beth. Uh, thanks her for that. But Lori takes the tray of uneaten food to the kitchen and notices that the knife is missing. She goes back, and Beth has it hidden under the covers. Lori calls her out and takes it. Uh, so apparently she was going to try to kill and herself And she takes there. off sprinting with that knife, which is unsafe. <laughs> I didn't see the knife in her hand when she was running. <laughs> totally. And what's really funny is the first thing I thought when I saw her running around the corner, like the Andrea on the RV, I was thinking mm. Andrea's going to shoot her. Oh, man, that would have been great. Oh, my God, it's a sprinting walker. <laughs> I didn't know they could run. Blast. Look at that hideous, emaciated thing running towards <laughs> me with its straw-like hair. <laughs> and its sunken eyes. 
<laughs> it was once beautiful. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, I wish that would happen. So then uh, Rick and Shane drop off Randall. They leave him there with a knife, but as they're leaving, he tells him that, stupidly, that he went to school with Maggie. The, the kid, he's just clueless. Like, he doesn't realize why they're dropping him off or anything like that. Uh, or All or he knows he's, is he's miraculously healed. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. By Herschel H. Christ. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, Shane takes a shot at him, but Rick stops him. Uh, okay, and, can we talk about this? So, have they yeah. kept this kid blindfolded, gagged, and blaring Molly Hatchard or whatever this whole time? For an entire week. How did they realize that he didn't have a southern accent? How did they realize that Mm -hmm. he knew... For that that matter, how does he know about Maggie? With... If he saw Maggie, why wouldn't he say something? Or why... If, if, you know... If he was up and... Because people are like, well, he was drugged the whole time. Well, then how do you know about Maggie? Yeah. I mean, either they interrogated him and had some interaction with him, at at which point, why didn't they know? Why didn't this come out? Or... Yeah, it seems like the kid... It seems like Randall's memory and Rick and Shane's memory stops last episode at the very end when Mm -hmm. they... When he's in the car... And begins again right now. Right. Like, as they're driving him out there. But they say it's been a week. And why do you think they made it a week? Because it seems kind of give you some timeline problems as far as how this kid's leg healed. (laughs) It doesn't seem to. It absolutely fucking does. I'm talking about, you know, the timeline for the show is a little messy. Definitely. Yeah, like Jenner, Rick doesn't know what time it is. Well, we're talking about him being in a coma, and it's mm-hmm. like, was it? He thinks it was two weeks, which we can't jive with what Jenner told us in the CDC. Yeah, sixty plus days. So, but I mean, I, and again, it's like, why did they make it such a big plot point that? I'm if they wanted me to believe this, I guess I would have made the giant freaking arrow that they ripped through his flesh a lot smaller. Yeah, I agree. It was a horrific wound. Yeah. It's one that you likely never recover from. No. Likely never. And if you're able to walk again, you are spending six months repairing that leg, like trying to fix that leg. Right. And that's with proper medical treatment, not some goddamn vet out in the middle of nowhere with a a needle and some whiskey. Right. That's fucking stupid. Right. I mean, they made it clear that they don't have a lot of antibiotics and a lot of surgical supplies and all that kind of stuff. I, I'm just kind of flabbergasted that no one, again, there, no one had any problems with this in the writer's well, room. I, no, I think they have a massive problem. Here's the problem. Beth can't stay in a goddamn coma for that long. Like, she's not going to still be laying in bed six for months later when he's better. For a nonsense hysterical coma? Yeah. Yeah. They've set up two uh, two two characters here who both have one is a mental issue one is a physical issue they can't be resolved in the same timeline yeah but they both need to be in this yeah. episode it is just yeah it was a mistake it's bad writing this is the kind of corner painting that i was talking about with our interview with taylor elmore from justified mm-hmm. that's like aren't you afraid of this he goes oh yeah we're terrified all the time yeah. but usually you know we work it out by the skin of her teeth and the sweat of her brow and the seat of her pants. Yeah. I just think that sometimes the walking dead guys, you know, they got all these plates spinning and a couple hit the floor. Yeah. <laughs> they just aren't able to get her, get, get onto it. And maybe that's a symptom of the whole shakeout from the staff. And maybe, I, I, don't, I don't know. know. I, I don't want to, I don't want to dwell on it too much, yeah. but yeah, it's a huge glaring flaw. Anyway. Um, 
So where was I in this scene? Uh, the, the, oh, yeah. Um, Shane takes a shot at Randall. Rick stops him. Uh, and Rick decides that they're going to take Randall back to the camp again for another night while he can think about Which what Rick, to do with him. Shane can't even fucking believe it. No. Shane's like, no, we're not doing that. And then he tells him that he doesn't think Rick can keep Lori and Carl safe. And Rick gets pissed and blasts him in his armpit. Like, just devastates <laughs> yeah. that pit, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, lightning punch. Uh, Falcon punch to the pit. Yeah, <laughs> and there's a pretty brutal fight scene ensues. Yeah, yeah. And did you you? Didn't, uh, but it's interrupted by a commercial, so yeah. You know. But um, I thought it was interesting the symbol symbolism of symbolism of Rick and Shane as they're fighting. I thought they began to sound and act a lot like the zombies. Oh, that's interesting. With the, you know, heavy breathing and the grunting and kind of more animal sounds. And it also added to it that you've got a tied-up character edging towards a knife trying to get loose. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. So we come back from commercial, and there's more fighting. Uh, Shane drops a motorcycle on Rick's leg. (laughs) Freaking awesome. I love that. Uh, But he's not done, and he comes after Shane again. Uh, Shane throws a wrench through a window. The walkers pour out of the building and head towards Shane as Rick hides under one of their bodies. This is a zombie waterfall. It's so cool. I <laughs> love the, the zombies just come rolling out on their heads. <laughs> it's hilarious. They don't look down. And that's what zombies would do. Yeah, they're that's not, awesome. They're not like, oh, whoa, watch the first step there. Yeah, yeah. A little treacherous footing. <laughs> no, I, I, I thought that so. was pretty cool. And Rick playing possum, mm-hmm. um, it was pretty cool. Uh, so- I also... It seemed like a lot of this was... I don't even know if Rick thinks it's a bad idea to kill this kid. It's just a power play. Like, you, you look, mean? you don't get to make these calls anymore, Shane. Uh, you don't get to unilaterally deal out death. And Rick was a prepared to die yeah. to make that statement, which, on a meta level, would piss Shane off even more. Yeah. Like, you've got to protect... You know, you're, you're more interested in fighting me mm-hmm. over killing the stranger... And you might See, die or um, this must drive Shane fucking crazy. This is the stuff that I love about this episode. I think all of the action, all of the interactions between Shane and Rick work really, really well. Uh, and these characters have always worked really well together. These actors are phenomenal together. Uh, I always feel tension anytime these two guys are on the screen. Uh-huh. Uh, and it carries over here. Now, what do you think about that really cool shot of Shane in the broken window pane with the zombie arm coming up? Uh, I thought it was a cool... Like, it was kind of a cool realization on Shane's part of what he's become. You know, he looks at himself, he's all, like, dirty and scratched up Plus and bleeding. Plus the way the pain was kind of grimy, gave him a gray. Uh-huh. I mean, they're very hammered on, hammered to me home, the whole, you know, Rick and Shane and zombies angle. Yeah, and then when, like, this could be him. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you kind of saw the arm stirring, and it's like, what the fuck? And yep. then, oh, sure. And it looked like it was coming right out of him. A lot of people cool. savaged the episode for, like, well, why did the zombies sit there and not do anything with all this commotion going on? I guess mm-hmm. yeah. that's – I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, I didn't really either. I just kind of chalked that up to, eh, it's a – it's a suspension of disbelief sort of thing. Again. Yeah, plus it's like they were behind glass. In a building, In yeah. a building, so it's going to muffle some of the sound. I mean, there was a gunshot. A gunshot went off. True. Shane fired a gun. But, eh, whatever. And so some of these zombies, they do seem to... Like, for example, that one tank zombie. There's a precedence for that. That one tank zombie. Like, Rick got up and sat there for like a five count before it yeah. finally woke up. And there's shitloads of commotion and gunfire outside. I mean... Mm-hmm. Whatever's animating these zombies, 
it's there's there's the walkers and there's the lurkers and there's there's precedent for them kind of being unresponsive until something jostles mm-hmm. them. There's well, there's also precedent for them using smell as their primary uh, human ah. uh, detection device. So yeah. when he broke the window with the wrench and Rick was sitting right outside that window, yeah. maybe that's what did it. Maybe they smelled Rick, right? Especially with him sweating after a fight in yeah. the heat. Good point. Yeah, I could buy that. So then there's a quick scene with Maggie, who's talking to Beth about her suicide attempt, uh, tells her that her and her dad would just die if she committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's that's just real quick. I felt like that almost broke up the action a little bit more than was necessary. Yeah, I, I didn't serve much of a purpose. Because then in the scene with Lori and Andrea, just a, a moment later, you can hear them arguing in the background. So you know that, that they're talking about it. Uh-huh, still. Uh, but then most of the walkers come out of the window and chase Shane, but one goes after Rick and another one goes after Randall. Uh-huh. Uh, Randall uses the knife that Rick left to get free and kill the walker that came after him. Also breaking a walker's arm so it couldn't get up is a pretty good strategy. Awesome shot too. Like that was a gruesome break. Because it makes sense. I mean, zombies aren't coordinated enough to, you know, try to get up from a prone position with using only one arm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can do it cause we know all leverage and all that shit. Right. But zombies are just like what yeah i thought that was pretty brilliant and then although i do think i do think the show sometimes has people go a little overboard too often on the fucking zombies you know if they're all for free Maybe. to contagion i've seen way too many characters just chop go and chop wood on a zombie oh see i think this was very purposefully done um to show that this guy is not the innocent kid that he claims to be yeah whatever i mean again a, a, have Anna can kill the sand people just so you I just I, I think it's setting up more than you're giving it credit for okay <laughs> honestly all right uh so here's the big scene this is we're <laughs> gonna spend a little while on this one uh Lori and Andrea arguing <laughs> the cat fight <laughs> uh that's I don't know that's giving a little bit too much credit uh, before we get really deep into this, let me say the establishing shot here is really cool because we come off of Rick and Shane and Randall's fight for their lives mm-hmm. against tons of zombies, and then they show the pristine uh, farm through a barbed wire fence, mm-hmm. and there's nothing going on. And mm-hmm. then you go into the house, and it's dead quiet except for the yelling and screaming mm-hmm. of Maggie. Uh, I thought that was really effective. No, they are getting a lot. They are experimenting with a lot of uh, camera tricks and techniques, and some of it works, some of it doesn't. But you know, a, a good, a good establishing shot, as you said. Yeah, definitely. So, so what was your overall take of this uh, episode or this scene? I don't know what to say because <laughs> I put in the notes at some point. I, I started trying to keep track of the dialogue, and um, like as the as the bullshit kept piling up, I just like. The last thing I wrote is this is like performance art. <laughs> this, That's exactly how I felt. This was like like Tom Green going into a nursing home that's playing bingo and taking it over and freaking <laughs> people out. This was the writers fucking with us because yeah. I was primed as much as I don't like Andrea. Mm-hmm. And as recently as four episodes, I wanted her to die for trying to kill Daryl. Sure. Yeah. Just by being a bitch. Um, as much as I don't like Andrew, I was prepared to stand up and cheer for her taking it to Lori, who is even more loathsome. Yeah. And this bullshit, like the leave the killing to the men folk. We've got turnips, the, you know, we got greens, the collard and all that, whatever. Sure. Uh, you know, I, and I was like, okay, this is going to be cool. 
But then Andrew started this bizarre pro-euthanasia bullshit Mm -hmm. that doesn't even work when it's applied to her. It's like, okay, let's say, you know, giving a suicidal person after a major life trauma the option to kill themselves is not a good idea. That's why we have suicide hotlines, Mm -hmm. dumbass. If if the group had let you keep the gun and you blew your head off back on the road, would... Are you, are you saying you would would rather done that? And if so, yeah. why don't you just kill yourself now? You yeah. got a gun, exactly. And, and she says in this scene, "I came through it." No. Well, guess what? You wouldn't have had a fucking chance to come through it unless Dale took away your option, right? And he, the exact <sighs> thing that you're telling Lori not to do. And the only thing he took away, I'll still die on, is he took the fucking gun away, and she was yeah. suicidal. That's a that's that's a solid thing to do. Sure. And, yeah, she got through it, but if he'd have given her a gun and she'd shot herself in the head, she wouldn't have got through it. Exactly. And I'm like, why don't the writers know this? It, why are they pushing I abortion felt- pills and pro-fucking-giving <laughs> suicidal people guns on us? I, I felt halfway through the scene, because at the beginning I was exactly like you. I was thinking, all right, I'm going to buckle down, follow this dialogue all the way through the end. And I watched the scene like four times. But halfway through the viewing of this scene, every single time, it's like my brain was transported into a goddamn watermelon and Gallagher was up on stage (laughs) smashing it with a mallet. I couldn't comprehend what they were talking about because it was just so crazy. Right. None of it made sense. It was all insane. All right. I put it on Facebook that here's my impersonation. Lori's like, crazy, 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 crazy. And Andrew's like, crazy, 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 crazy. And Lori's like, crazy, crazy. And Andrea's all like, crazy, crazy, boyfriend, crazy. And then it's like, you know, that was the funny thing is dropping the boyfriend. But I yeah, – yeah, that was awesome. Like, look at what they're arguing about. The men can handle it on their own. Mm. You working on your suntan with a shotgun puts a strain on us. I'm on Watch Against Walkers. I'm trying to create a life worth living. Well, did you apologize for wrecking Maggie's car? You're insane. And then I wrote, you're <laughs> no. both insane. Yeah, yeah. Lori calling anyone insane I, okay. is insane. Have we beat this into the ground enough? Because well, I well, really I don't – I want to talk about Lori's – uh, very 50s sexist women attitude. Okay. Uh, she, to me, went Don Draper. Like, what the hell? She's telling Andrea that her... She has no business protecting the group. She belongs, what, pregnant and barefoot in the kitchen? What no, the she, fuck? No, she literally is happier pregnant in the kitchen. Yes. That's where she wants literally. to be. Yeah. Uh, so I... <laughs> I kind of okay. I hate is, is, absolutely everything she's do doing. Do they have a woman writing the show? Because you think Certainly she'd stand not. up and say this girl's pregnant, and you're advocating her to stay in the kitchen. Uh-huh. Should we take her shoes off in this scene yeah, so she yeah. can have the triumph for she can be barefoot, pregnant, and in the kitchen? <laughs> what the fuck? It blows my mind. Here's I'm wondering if the writers knew what they're doing with Lori because Lori is the exact opposite of everything I ever want to see in a human being. I hate (laughs) every single thing she does, but if I agreed with every single thing that every single character on this show does, there would be no tension. If they all agreed with each other, there would be no tension. Bullshit. Hey, I'm just saying how I see it. I think Lori is there doing stupid, uh, controversial things to get reactions from other characters. Uh, You know, I... And and she's... She she has a very narrow viewpoint. Like, from her perspective, this is the same world, practically, that she was in before. And Andrea points that out. Like, she has her whole family there. 
All right. No one in her family has died. I have a two-word rebuttal when you're All done. Right. So let me know when I'm can Asshole. go. Asshole. No. <laughs> All right. Give me your two-word rebuttal. Boyd Crowder. He's a fucking neo-Nazi that blew up black churches and then become a born-again Christian and then become a a huckster (laughs) for a coal corporation. He's loathsome and he holds controversial opinions and he winds up everybody and he's fucking fascinating and I love him. He's riveting to watch. You don't have to have some shitster be a boring, vapid... Uh, painful to watch character, yeah. and this show is choosing. It's like so, yeah. Maybe, maybe this is to stir us all up because it's working. It certainly is, but not in the way that I want to keep watching to see what she does next. More like I hope she dies by the end of the season. God, I hope she dies. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I feel you there. Boyd Crowder is a good example of that. <laughs> anyway, so glad yeah, we this, got. Uh, glad we worked through this. <laughs> definitely, this scene is just it blew my mind, and I felt like Shane. We're back in fantasy land. What the fuck is happening? Yeah. Uh, that's all I have to say on that scene. Okay. So then the next scene is Rick uh, finding his gun, killing the zombie that's following him. But as he does that, two zombies fall on top of him. He kills one of them zombie. outright. Uh, one guy in Grant Lake called zombie it Zombie Jenga. Pile. Zombie Jenga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> zombie sandwich, too. Zompile. Uh, so then he shoots right through the face, right through the back of the head of the other, Which, uh, to kill the final zombie. And you can see the barrel of the gun. Yeah, you can. And I, they must have done it CG, so it's like that was a dummy that was, the hole was there the whole time, and they patched over a CG, because you can't mm-hmm. just blow someone's head off. Uh, you can't put a stuntman yeah. in front of some squib and blow it up in front of no, his face. No, you could put a mo- you could put a dummy there though. And yeah, blast it through its head. No, know? but I don't think they literally did that. I think it was all done with CG. Yeah, yeah it looked like CG because it didn't look like it lined up perfectly. But whatever. But it was, it was awesome. Cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't. I don't care if it was CG. Right. It was cool. Uh, Lots of people noted, and we did too, that this this is a justified ripoff. Oh, shooting through a guy. Which yeah. was a Die Hard 4 ripoff, which is, it's not it's like... It's been done time yeah, and time again. Yeah, nobody's got the patent for shooting through corpses to, <laughs> Rick to kill somebody. Rick is going to try to get it in the new world, though. He's going to be like, and nobody can shoot zombies. I will patent this idea. <laughs> so then Maggie is uh, back uh, back at it, trying to convince Beth not to kill herself. Yeah. Uh, and Beth suggests that they should both do it together. Mm-hmm. A little uh, family bonding ritual before they die. And she pleads with her to do it tonight. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Maggie's a little smarter than that. Yeah, it seems like this is a true sister fight, though. I mean, this is yeah. just basically guilt and shame. And and she tells her to stop being a brat, like when she's saying, no, nobody would miss me. It's like, oh, yeah, well, your 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 boyfriend's a wimp. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Glenn, he's a pussy. And he freezes up. Right. Uh, so then Shane gets trapped in the bus and starts killing zombies. Not before with his demonstrating knife. rule number one of Zombie Land cardio. Cardio, man. I, yeah. He led those guys on a merry little chase through that municipal parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, speaking of which, there's this really cool event coming up that uh, we should yeah. talk about the Zombie 5K run. Which I posted on our Facebook site, facebook.com slash bald move. There's one in Indianapolis, but there's like 10 all across the country. Mm-hmm. And it's literally a 5K, like a warrior dash, where you got to run through an obstacle course. Mm-hmm. But they're paying people to dress up as zombies. <laughs> oh, they're and, not paying. People are paying to do it. Oh, true, true. Yeah. But I think it's a discount. The running is the most yeah. expensive option. Mm-hmm. Um, but you pay to dress up and be a zombie that chases the people th- running through and try to capture them and, and yeah. infect them. It, it's a capture the flag sort of thing. Or yeah. uh, uh, 
like a flag football thing where they've got flags and you've got to grab them as a zombie. Oh, so, okay. So nobody's actually going to be oh, bitten and turned. Well, sure, sure. <laughs> I didn't know that they actually were wearing flags. I thought if they touched you, you're out. Nope. Got to get the flag. So, so that'll they be cool. get your flag, do you then have to go and grab, you know, do you become a zombie? Oh, that would be cool. Let's not belabor the point. But uh, yeah, if anyway. you want to find out more about it, it's on, on our Facebook page. Page. Uh, so my question here with Shane stabbing zombies in the head, uh, cutting his palm with that knife, mm-hmm. he killed a zombie earlier with it. They didn't show it, but he took it out and there was a zombie approaching at the gate and presumably he stabbed it in the head. He didn't sanitize that knife between that moment and cutting his palm open. No. He's pretty confident that he's not going to be turned into a zombie by that. I mean, what Dude, is he thinking? I, I don't know and I don't care. This show is going to damn well decide what causes a zombie one of these days, and until then, mm-hmm. it's wildly inconsistent, because sometimes they're wearing chemical suits and visors, and sometimes they got uh-huh. blood spurting in their mouth, and sometimes they're saying, well, it must have been a scratch, and then others, they're cutting themselves with a zombie-infected blade, so... And, and other times, they're Jim, who got actually bit. Right. Not, not life-threateningly bit. No. But died of it. Died of the infection, yeah. So we know so a bite w- will do it. Yeah, we know that I will do it. Uh, I and and people are speculating. Oh well, Rick knew here that Jenner told him that everyone's infected, so it didn't matter. All right, let's talk about this. Why would he keep this from Shane? (laughs) No, let's save it. Let's save it because that that scene is coming up. Okay. Uh, So the next scene is Andrea relieving Maggie from uh, her suicide watch. And purposefully leaving the door open for Beth to escape. Right. Just literally. And she, she walks out of the room. She lets Beth hear that she can walk right out the front door because the, the screen door hits behind her. I'm surprised she doesn't give her a gun. Yeah. Or take the steak yeah. knife back to her. That would have been good, yeah. too. Or a spoon. This was all I could get. <laughs> <sighs> Gouge your eyes out. Uh, then Rick finds Randall, who's uh, trying to convince him to take off. And leave Shane, and Rick agrees. And he's mm-hmm. like, okay, let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. And they take off. They leave. And Shane watches as they leave mm-hmm. through the bus window. And he's like, fuck. Yep. Maybe I shouldn't have thrown that wrench at him. Uh-huh. Or maybe this is what Otis must have felt like when I yeah. kneecapped him. Definitely. Uh-huh. Uh, pretty cool scene there. Uh, Maggie comes back. And it's interesting finds- how he played that, because oh, yeah. they, they actually played it like he's bummed out. I kind of... When I saw what was happening, I was like, I wonder if he's going to give, like, a goodwill hunting. You know, like, what do you mean? Where Ben Affleck finally comes out and Will's not there. Oh, yeah. And it's he's like, every, like day, yep. every day I pray that you're going to man up, Rick. <laughs> he's going to give him a nod. There's going to be a survivor that's just going to murder for no good reason. <laughs> and you keep disappointing me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just going to kind of like, I, under, I respect, I understand, you know. Gotcha. Um, so then Maggie comes back to find Beth uh, in the bathroom. Lori comes in and pries the door open, and Beth apologizes as she holds her bleeding wrist. Mm-hmm. She's tried to kill herself with a piece of mirror, but apparently she has, she's had a change of heart. You know, she's like, "I'm sorry." Yeah, I so mean, most she tried pe- to kill herself. She realized, "Oh my god, I don't want to kill myself." Yeah, and I mean, change her mind. Most people that attempt to commit suicide don't really want to die, yeah. or they. You know, I don't know. I don't once, know enough about psych- I don't want to come across it, yeah, as offensive because yeah. I don't know enough about the psychology. But it's not uncommon to have someone. I'll teach you about it. By next week, I'm going to make air on suicidal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it wouldn't take much. Um, Another scene with Lori and Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, don't give the show any ideas, Jim. Any comments on that scene or should I move on? Move on. Move on. 
Uh, Rick stops the bodies of the two cops, and this is the scene I was talking about, um, the ones that they saw before, and he picks up some guns and ammo. And then he looks at him. He's like, hmm. And he's kind of, the camera zooms in on his face. So what is he thinking here? And let's talk about the scratches and stuff. Um, I thought, when I first saw it, honestly, I thought, oh, well, he's realizing he's got this belts of ammo, some extra weapons, that it's doable to save Shane. Oh, see, my thought was, they're both wearing cop uniforms that, i missed that i'm glad okay but that's a that's a solid point too yeah and he he looks at that and he sees himself and shane there and yep. realizes this is my partner i need to go back for him right right uh so that's what i got out of it a lot of people on reddit were speculating that his look there was him realizing oh my god jenner was right everyone is infected but they're assuming they're assuming that Jenner said that, and I honestly yeah. don't think the show is giving that a moment's no, thought. No, I, I think they've forgotten about it, and they, they don't care right. anymore. Because, uh, again, at this point, why would Rick not tell Shane that? Is there is anyone yeah. – I haven't yet to see a cogent defense of well, if that's what Jenner told him, mm-hmm. why wouldn't he share that information with the whole group? Oh, or even select people. I mean, there are certainly people, regardless of what you want to say about others – who could deal with that information very easily. I mean, Dale certainly could deal with that information, right? Um, what if Rick thinks that if he dropped this bomb, that all hope would truly be gone? This would kind of line up with his speeches about how I have to bear this weight and I have to keep... Because if everyone's infected, everyone that dies is going to become another zombie. That's a whole, like, you're not going to wait this thing out. But you, that's like saying you're not going to wait out death itself. True. Again, everyone you're dies. Right. You're right. Regardless of whether or not you come back as a zombie, it doesn't matter. Right. I mean, that's probably what Jenner said. I, I think this sh- I, it's just going to be another thing that annoys me because I just yeah. don't think it's going to be satisfying when it finally comes out. So whatever. I agree. And I definitely don't think that's what Rick was thinking about there. No, I think this all. obvious symbolism was... You're you're dead on the two cop uniforms and boy that was me and my partner and yeah good to see him scrounging ammo again though yeah I mean he's on top of that mm-hmm. uh, so then Shane kills another zombie with a knife but he loses it in the process he gets stuck in the the skull of a zombie as it goes down into the crowd uh, Rick rolls up on the Hyundai <laughs> I swear that's not a pun with the Rick roll uh, <laughs> guns blazing to the rescue that was pretty cool I really really like this scene man. Him coming back in cavalry style and just blasting away. Shane running. Shane was on top of it, too. I mean, I don't even know if he could hear him, but he saw where they were going, and he headed out the back. Mm-hmm. Jumped right in the window. Mm-hmm. Like, perfect timing. Yeah. That's like one of the Duke, the Duke boys themselves couldn't do it better. Yeah. It would have been really shitty if Randall just fucked them both. He just <laughs> took off. Did you notice Rick that he was duct taped to the chair? Oh, was he? To yeah, the driver's like, seat? Hey, there's like a roll of duct tape around his neck holding him to the post <laughs> when he was going <laughs> no. like, woohoo! I like didn't that. realize that. Yeah. Huh, nice. Uh, so then Maggie confronts Andrea outside, tells her what happened with Beth. Uh, Andrea's happy and says that Beth <laughs> wants to live. Andrea sounds like a fucking cult leader it, here. Yeah, I don't agree with she anything that Andrea said. She has made her choice. <laughs> Uh, the cosmic egg has blessed her. I'm glad she put the the smackdown on Lori, but I don't agree with anything she says. Other than that, yep, she's banned from the ranch now. Yep, yep. Maggie I don't think, tells her never to step foot in the house again. I don't think Maggie 
went far enough. Mm-hmm. She should have then turned to Lord Dead and you are too. <laughs> no, you're you're you have to stay on the porch. You can't go in the yard. You can't come in the house. You're on the porch for good. The, the porch is the DMZ. And don't use our swing either. That's right. <laughs> oh, I man. see a, I see a woman on the swing. I kill the skeleton sitting on it. <laughs> awesome. So then uh, Randall bailed out of the back of the car, uh, and Rick stops to pick him up. He asks Shane if he's still going to kill him. Which, uh, okay, so why did they blindfold and fucking music blast this kid again? He, We are they, now at yeah. this point that he knows where the ranch is and Maggie. He knows who Maggie's and, father is and all this. So it's like, if you liked it the first time, the second time was even, oh, I don't know. It just seemed, it really Maybe annoyed just me the to second be safe. time. Just to be, oh God. Like, let's be overly cautious and, or maybe he's just a, a sadist. I don't know. Yeah. It's like in Back to the Future where Marty tortured him with his his father with some kind of speed metal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. He's trying to melt his brain. Uh, so then Rick tells Shane that Lori and Carl are his. Again. Again. And that if he's going to be with them, he has to follow his lead. He has to be okay with that. Uh, Rick hands Shane a gun and tells him it's time for him to come back. Mm-hmm. And we see. I, the, I still like the interactions here between these guys. And we see the scarecrow zombie. And I started thinking yep. maybe Shane will have an appreciation for Rick now because Shane would have left himself behind. Yeah, Rick didn't and saved a valuable member of the 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 crew. Yeah, and Shane's MVP. You know. <laughs> Like Shane thinks he's the best, so yep, smart move, Rick. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that's going to factor into their relationship coming up, but it'll be interesting. Uh, so that's it for the episode. Yep. I wanted to do Zombie Kill of the Week and Idiot Survivor of the Week as usual. Oh, let me guess what your Zombie <laughs> Kill of the Week's going to be. Hmm, I don't know. It did involve Zombie Jenga. Uh, it did involve Zombie Jenga. Yeah, it's Rick shooting through the zombie head to kill the other zombie there's a lot of good Pretty freaking awesome this is a strong strong episode for nominees for zombie kill of the week yeah all the knives to the head and uh-huh. yeah plenty of them who's your idiot survivor uh my idiot survivor of the week is Lori for being stuck in the 50s but only slightly more than andrea mm-hmm. only slightly and this show had done such a good job to claw andrea back from mm-hmm. i just i can't believe they had her take this pro that, I never thought that was a very good argument, and you can listen to my thoughts on it back in the previous episodes where I'm like, what? Mm. what? And having the show call that back now, yeah, it just really drove me crazy. And I think last episode I said something about Andrea being kind of a more sensitive version of Shane, you like know what, an understanding version of him, but and I don't get her this episode. The thing is, like, I don't believe the writers didn't knock us out of the park because it seems like the more interesting thing for her to say would be, um, you know... I used to think that taking my choice away was wrong, but now I've done this and I've grown. I've become stronger, and I'm glad I didn't take that choice. We, yeah, you know, and she could have had that conversation with the girl that, like, look, I know where you've been, yeah, and I've lost my sister, and I lost this, and I did this, and but people that loved me, cared for me, and mm-hmm. made sure I didn't do this, and I'm telling you now that this might be a bullshit asshole, you know, cunt punch of a world, but it's still worth living. But they yeah. had her take this. What you Andrea Kevorkian stance? <laughs> yeah, I, I drove me crazy. Uh, uh, what was I going to say about? Uh, oh yeah, let's talk about Beth for a second. The can't do we? Does really? anyone give a shit whether or not she kills herself? 
I don't. Was this a point of tension in the episode at all? No. No, because who is Beth? It was just an idol. And again, uh, instead of showing character growth in Andrea, I think they just showed sort of kind of mean, petty regression. She's still holding the fucking grudge that, that this group had the, yeah. the nerve, the gall. Even though she's quote unquote to save her. It. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sure thing, Andrea. Yeah, we believe you. Yeah, I don't know. Wouldn't it have been more effective to have a character that we actually cared about try to commit suicide, like maybe Glenn? Or, a, I don't know. know, if you're going to use this as a backstop for dueling, you know, uh, it's hopeless, we should kill ourselves. No, we shouldn't. Mm-hmm. So much to live for, but Lori's flip-flopped on four times now. Then, yeah. Lori's irredeemable. I, so give her all the mm-hmm. bullshit angry lines like make her be the one like you know what i used to think it's maybe i'm still thinking it's the right choice even though mm-hmm. i've got this baby blah 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 and have andrea be like look you stupid blah blah and blast her but yeah. i don't know it's out of all the different possibilities hanging there don't agree with the choices they made I, she she keeps flip-flopping too like even after she realizes that Beth doesn't want to kill herself, she goes on to Andrea's side. I'm not going to say she's right, but sometimes so, you got to cross the line. What the fuck was that? The action was very good. Mm-hmm. The kind of resolution and moving forward of the Shane Rick was good. Yep. The cinematography, a lot of the shots were really good. Yep. Everything that happened on the farm was awful. Yes. Absolutely terrible. And what's worse... This show, ultimately, what happened in this episode? Pretty much nothing. I mean, the only things that were resolved here were the things that were set up here. Yes. Like, no no running threads were tied off here. This kid is going back mm-hmm. to the farm, and we're going to still deal with them again next week. Yeah. Which, I think change. I said last week, I don't give a shit about this kid. I don't want... Well, uh, it's whether or not you give a shit about the survivor's being found you know i mean that's that's the real question there but but you're right it's it shouldn't be an issue we've we've already dealt with this once why are we dealing with it again yeah and i i mean the cynical part of me says well we thought a lot about that the same thing about the sophia scene or sophia scenes and it turns out that had a really great payoff sure so they still can pull this out and and um but we didn't enjoy that ride is the problem yeah i think the show really needs to decide what it's going to be is it going to be a serious character study Mm -hmm. about what would happen in this scenario or is it going to be you know zombie kill of the week or is it going to skillfully blend both which is i think what we're hoping for but right now it's not pleasing either and you can see that in the internet forums and that the people even the ones that defend the show they either want they want more zombie. Most of the defenders, it seems like they want more zombie kills. Yeah. And the people that are hanging on here for character development seem to be, you know, disappointed and the, the missteps and stuff like that. So it's like, mm-hmm. I kind of think they need to decide what show they want to have. Yeah. I, I don't know. I hope they can uh, pull some, some better character interactions out, but yeah, you're right. The, the action's good. So, uh, can I do a, one final thing of speculation here? Sure. I'm wondering it's your if show. Uh, Randall, this kid, might be the link back to Merle. Because we know there's more of his group, right? We know he's, like, those guys drove off in the truck. It wasn't just one guy in a truck peeling off to a camp of himself, I don't think. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, I'm wondering if Merle isn't back in that camp. If they didn't find Merle uh, and help him out, and now he's part of their group. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, because uh, I think Randall says they that he joined up with a bunch of psychos, right? Like I'm not part of them. They're they're just a bunch of lunatics. Well, he was uh, I think saying that because they were trying to kill Plastine yeah. dude before they put, you know threw him in the uh, ball gag and blasted him with Molly Hatchet that mm-hmm. he, they were trying to kill these guys. Yeah, definitely. So I think he's just trying to put whatever distance he can between them. Sure, but it would be interesting to see Merle come back that way. Uh, otherwise, I don't know how they're going to link Merle to these guys again. Uh, we ready for some feedback? Yep. Let's All right. Uh, Ed K says, uh, listening just now, love your Rick impressions. Thank you. <laughs> some nights I got it, some nights I don't. I don't understand how Lori bought Shane's story. Either A, they would have to pass her wrecked car on the way back, which is unlikely, or B, they'd have to pass her while she walked down the center line of the pitch dark road, which, by the way, why do people always do that in TV slash film? Walk down the middle of a dark road? Yeah. I don't know. Because where I'm from, when you're walking down a dark country road, you wear dark clothes, and you're just off side of the road where you almost get fucking hit. Uh-huh. God damn, people. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, the zombie apocalypse seems like walking in the middle of the road would be the thing to do. Uh, maybe, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, but Lori's not so bright. There's your nah, explanation, Ed. definitely not. <laughs> she didn't think about it much. Uh, S. Mateo wrote... Uh, normally I completely agree with your criticism of the walking dead, but I thought your praise for season 2.5 opener was not justified. No pun intended. The episode went back to the slower than slow pace. that characterized most of the series run with the only the last 10 minutes showing any sign of life pun intended trigger finger story. However, never stopped moving from what I've heard about Glenn Mazzara's approach. He wants to burn through the story, not tease the audience or milk the drama. That's good. The latest episode seemed to possess what has been lacking the show so far, which is momentum. We got more zombies, rival survivors, character development, insight, politics, whispers of war between survivor groups. I felt you were much harder on this, a much stronger episode than you were in Nebraska, which I thought was more the same. For the first time since the series opener premiere, I'm optimistic about the future of the show. I find that to be the, often the case is that when I, uh, if I'm really liking something, there's going to be a person that hates it. Mm-hmm. This is why this episode is so weird that it seems very polarized between people that loved it, hated it, and then I kind of see mm-hmm. there are very lots of good, and, but there's a lot of some bad. Yeah. And the good stuff is somewhat undermined by the foundation being creaky. I, I think I've defended why I liked the se- yeah. the half-season opener pretty well in that podcast. So You're also completely wrong about Rick saving the kid in this episode. I recently watched Lord of the Flies, and I think it's a great companion to the show. Shane, like Jack, doesn't understand why people still fo- want to follow the same rules that they did pre-Zompocalypse. He represents the worst aspects of human nature when left unchecked by society. Rick, like Ralph, instinctively knows that you cannot completely abandon your humanity without the world devolving into chaos. Just because Rick put down two other people who are threatening him and his group does not mean that showing mercy to an enemy is a step backwards. Rick saving that kid is completely consistent with his worldview and his approach to survival. You can disagree with his decision, but I think it makes him more interesting. Eh, that's the reason why he's a sh- here at the show, not Shane. Uh, I think showing him mercy would be a bullet to the head. Yeah. Um, trying to save him with the number of walkers that they showed in that situation. Mm-hmm. And the potential seemed, for harm to the group overall. Seemed foolhardy to me. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I, you know, it doesn't make him more interesting character. That's that's we'll see yeah, how I'll say that it certainly is in his established pattern. Yes, uh, as a character. So yes, okay. Um, Mike from North Carolina says, "Hey guys, love the podcast. I think I heard from you guys that someone loyal to Darabont was going to leave the show to do another project with them. 
It's probably Jeff Dumman because he had to pass with him already. So Dale is probably going to get killed by Shane, and that causes a split in the group at the end of the season. We'll also put Andrea in an awkward position. Um, well, that was my prediction. I thought that Shane was going to kill the survivor and my money was going to be on Dale. And I'm cool with that. Yeah, I'm fine. Honestly, I would like to see, I think that a, the show would be in large part fixed by killing more of the main characters. (laughs) Just killing the right ones though. We don't want don't want the wrong ones to die. Right. Uh, Monique wrote in, uh, shared an article with uh, Robert Kirkman uh, from IGN uh, dealing with T-Dog's storyline, or lack thereof. <laughs> uh, Kirkman said that I love the character and the actor who plays him. Wait, how can you love the character? There's no character. <laughs> he- he's just a dude in the show. No, he got a fever and he wanted to leave the group. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, All right. Any uh, irony, uh, Singleton uh, is honestly one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Totally cool dude and does a great job. The writer's room is full of big T-Dog fans. Bullshit. And they were <laughs> and they were trying to work him in. Unfortunately, right now, there's a lot of stuff going on with Shane and Rick, a lot of stuff going on with Daryl, a lot of stuff going on with Glenn. Uh, so when you have to focus on where the stories are, T-Dog, though, will definitely get his day. And he's got some really cool stuff coming up that I think a lot of people are going to be excited about cool um i hope so but he agrees that he is somewhat underutilized right now <laughs> jesus christ what would underutilized look like yeah a character we haven't heard of that's been there the whole time <laughs> we've <laughs> yeah. never seen on screen uh but it's all cyclical we'll have to move these characters in a natural way and not everyone can be in a spotlight at all times um i will volunteer Lori's place in the spotlight all right i'll not get behind that uh fletch writes you guys are so busy criticizing rick in the bar yet you forget he was a cop i'm a cop and sometimes you just know when bad guys are about to do bad things uh, was i criticizing him for shooting those guys i don't know that i was i maybe, maybe i was think i, can't I remember. said that it seemed like it was a little fast oh uh, i don't know i i thought it was pretty awesome actually plus rick watched true blood he knows that dave is a serial killer on that show <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are take, talking about the leadership tactics and styles of Rick and Shane. It seems like a dynamic in the show is a lot like the group uh, show Survivor, forming alliances based on unfolding events and only seeing personality traits emerge over time. Guys like Rick are automatically looked on at as leaders, while others such as Dale use information to manipulate and shape the group. Uh, Dale pulls people aside and tells them things individually about Shane because he hasn't the spine to come right out and say it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also denying Shane a chance to refute the information. That way you can turn people's opinions of Shane's actions by calling his motives in, into question. All right. I, I feel him on that comment, but I have to say that's the difference between between reality television and scripted dramas. In scripted dramas, you want the character definition like right up front. You want to know where is this character coming from, why are they making the decisions they're making as early as possible. I don't want two seasons in to not have any idea what the motivation of this character is. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem with it from that standpoint. Honestly, I actually like i i I like the character of Dale for what he is. He hasn't pissed me off since the Lookout failure, which was largely <laughs> a failure of this of of the directors and writers. Yeah, yeah. Even more evidence in this scene uh, where Dale tries to sway Andrew's opinion, and she defends Shane while Lori hears the same information and takes it as truth. Lori, having previously been exposed to Shane's rapiness, has good reason to believe Dale. Um, sure sure i can see that he's excited about andrea and shane forming a hidden alliance potentials so um i read that second part of the email largely because of the word rapiness i liked it <laughs> i would like to see a, an alliance between shane and andrea uh adam you mean more than they already have shown more than the the dirty yeah, more than home? the crotch grab sure All right. <laughs> 
Uh, Adam, let's put to bed the thought that Shane is too popular to die. Shane is gonna die. John Barenthal has signed on for uh, Frank Darabont's TV show uh, L.A. Noir, where he will play the mm-hmm. lead. Walking Dead is filmed in Georgia. L.A. Noir will be filmed in obviously L.A. He can't it's do be both. a commute, man. I don't know. They might film Georgia to be like L.A. I mean, hell, they film L.A. to look like Harlan County, so they can do any fucking thing as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, I think he'll die in the last episode of the season because that's the kind of stuff the show does. Uh, I do kind of wish they'd have him die unceremoniously like 20 minutes in episode 11 just because it would catch everyone <laughs> off guard. I'd like to see that, – that reminds me of something I was going to say earlier. I'd like to see someone die not from a zombie bite or whatever, but just like – Shane gets pissed at Dale and just pile drives him into the ground and breaks his neck or something <laughs> like, like something you don't expect to. to or happen. it'd be kind of cool to see Lori die of a car accident, something mundane. Like we die of car accident right now. Yeah, hell, I almost yeah. died today from some idiot blowing through a roundabout. Hmm. I was like, shit. You know, it's like that would be funny to see. She almost did in the zombie apocalypse with was... no cars on the road. Lori could kill herself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, I think Rick will reveal that the dude the CDC told him, and it'll push Shane over the edge, and maybe something like, we're all going to be zombies eventually, or something even more out of left field, like Lori's baby's a zombie. Ooh. It's going to gum his way They out. have been foreshadowing those zombie babies, man. There have been two car seats. There was one in the bus. Uh, if she... If her, yeah, yeah, that's disturbing. I'm, I'm going to hate it when they got the zombie kids, man. Um, a school full of like young elementary. If Lori's baby's age. zombie, I think it's going to die in the womb just from there's no nourishment. Yeah, I don't know how zombie uh, birth works, man. They did it in Dawn of the Dead, and it was pretty cool. But right, that was another Lori being too thin joke. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, See? yeah. Uh, I also got to ask Aaron. I hear your Southern accent, and being a Mississippi boy, can't help but wonder about whereabouts are you from. There's an accent. My guess is maybe Georgia or southeastern Tennessee. Is your name Limehouse, sir? Are you Adam Limehouse? What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> I'm actually born and bred uh, in Indianapolis, and yep, I've been told yep. many times I have a Southern accent. I did spend a few years as a teenager down in Texas. Maybe I picked it up there. Oh, must more be. Central Texas. They don't have a particularly strong accent, but. If you're hearing it, it's, uh, I don't know, maybe the alcohol. <laughs> we just say y'all. Y'all. Yeah, I, do, I do like to throw in a y'all yeah. there, here and there. Uh, so, uh, Wasted Kitten writes in, after watching the last episode, 18 Miles Out, I have to say I think everyone heals way too quickly in this show. <laughs> oh, How God. the fuck was that kid able to run and walk in a, with extensive muscle damage to his leg? Mm, yeah, good question. Very good question. Very good question. And holy hell, Andrea and Lori fighting was freaking irritating. Yes, it was. <laughs> Tom in WV, West Virginia. In a Volkswagen. In a Volkswagen. <laughs> that was the running joke back in the... I know. Okay. <laughs> One quick observation. Andrew Lincoln punches like he comes from a soccer playing country. <laughs> As he's straddling Shane and punching from his... Ch- uh, uh, he's straddling Shane and punching from his chest. In a similar Breaking Bad scene, Aaron Paul looked like he could have done some damage. Lincoln, not so much. Hmm. Huh. Seconds early, he tried to tackle Jane by jumping on his back. What the fuck? You looked like a kid. I've seen better po- punches at poetry readings. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. And plus the armpit. The armpit punch. Yeah. He has not been in many brawls, no, apparently. No. Hmm? When your previous screen credit is love, actually, I don't think you get in a lot of brawls. <laughs> yeah. John from Portland says... Uh, Hey, uh, I think this is John P. from Portland, actually. Hope all is well. It's been a while as I haven't had time to catch the episodes before your cast. Glad to see you guys are still growing strong. 
Um, one, outside of Rick's accent and a couple points, I really enjoyed the whole Rick and Shane scenario, watching both of them earn a little. Uh, understanding and regaining some respect from each other was nicely done. Uh, having Rick yeah. simply start the Otis conversation with the definitive, I know what happened at a school was a little strange. Though it might have been one of those bullshit cop moves where they just state something as fact, hoping that the perpetrator mm. comes clean. I like that. That's a nice theory. That yeah. makes sense. Think Shane saw through that? Maybe. Apparently not. Uh, messed up. Might be a reason Shane goes and pops Dale if he starts speculating on who the fuck told Rick. Yeah. Uh, regardless, I'm relieved the conversation took place. I'm not a fan of the lost approach where everyone refuses to talk to each other about anything important. Mm. He belly laughed a couple times in the episode when Rick tells Shane that the hostage survivor will be safe tied up in the barn, assuming Shane doesn't break him out was gold. Yeah. As was Rick's fuck you way of bringing up the wrench being thrown after saving Shane's stupid ass. Uh, let's see. What else? He sells also a plug for other show. Thank you guys for turning me on to Justified. I just started the first season after listening to one of your casts to see what it was like, and I instantly and thoroughly liked the characters. Yeah. That's the thing about Justified is season one takes a bit to take take off, but mm. the fucking characters are so good it almost doesn't matter. Yep. It's yep. the opposite of Walking Dead. Yeah. The characters carry the plot until, like, season two when it just gets amazing. Definitely. Uh, Brian from Long Island says, hey, guys, this season's on fire while wow, I'm loving it. So... There are people here that yeah, yeah. are not not seeing the problems. Rick shoots, or they just don't. You know, that's it, the show is hitting the sweet spots with them. Well, it, it is hit and miss. I mean, they're they're really good episodes. Uh, Rick shoots zombie, and you can see the gun through his head. Runner up. This is a zombie kill of the week. Oh, I forgot about this. Runner yeah. up driving over to zombie, leaving the school. Oh, this yeah, the, the double wheel head. hit. Brutal, disgusting, and awesome. The oh, effects I love again. Those. Greg Nicotero, hats off to you, sir. Uh, also, uh, vote. He wants to put another vote about uh, about Lori. She needs to be zombie feed plus one. Yeah, Mike M thought that episode is disappointed. It seemed like a series of false <laughs> starts. It could have been stronger by pulling the trigger on at least one of the conflicts. Beth could have completed her suicide. Shane could have lost his battle on the bus. Or Randall could have been executed by either zombies, Rick or Shane. Any one or more of these would have made the episode stronger. Totally agree. Yep. Uh, the timing of scenes were interesting. He actually liked the flash forward to Shane in the bus. I like the symbolism of the two dead cops awakening Rick's loyalty and the lone walker perhaps reminding Shane of his status as a single man alone in the world. Hmm. We know that Shane is driven by this fear more than anything. Uh, our old friend, the dark passenger from Norway. Um, hello guys. Just want to start off by saying I really like this episode, the way it was shot and all those great zombies. The makeup was great. I've been doing a little, uh, Ooh, wait a second. This is a com- maybe a comic spoiler. Uh, he said, I was doing a little comic comparison. I remember that Rick never confronted Shane or Lori about the relationship. I mean, yeah, he listened, but he never spoke about it out loud. Um, so he likes the fact that they were more direct. Uh, also Lori, she is kind of a housewife type in the comics. She doesn't like guns and doesn't like fighting. Well, that's actually pretty fair. Yeah, that is. And whoa, Andrew seems to become this alpha female. I think I don't feel any anger toward her anymore. I'm just glad she shut Lori up. Yeah, I was ready I, yeah, I, we've said enough about that scene. <laughs> Definitely. The real M. Stein says, I'm glad that they're amping up the conflict within the group. That conversation between Lori and Andrew in the kitchen was just painful to watch. Lori thinks women should stay in the kitchen. Andrew thinks they should just let the blonde girl kill herself. Most would disagree with both positions, so there's no side of the argument to be invested in. 
Very true. Yep. Finally, the single biggest issue with the series, in my opinion, is the group has no goal. What are they working towards? Mm-hmm. In the first season, the goal is to make it to the CDC, then to the safe zone. As elongated as the Sophia plotline was, at least they were working towards a purpose. Now they just want to stay on the farm and turn the series into a little house in the prairies with zombies. Yep. These characters need a goal and something to strive for. Without it, they're just moving in circles. That is their goal. Uh, that's the whole point of the Randall storyline, is to Which try to keep them on the farm, is, anonymous. I just wonder how they're going to blow the farm up. They've got to. They've only got two episodes to do it left, too. So there's uh, got to be something yeah. spectacular that happens that makes so. it. And, yeah, we'll talk about that in the spoilers. Maybe they need an RV hose, so they got to go out <laughs> and find it. Jesse B., the good. All the scenes with Shane and Rick and the confirmation that Rick knew very early that Shane and Lori were an item and his feelings about it and how strong Rick was for not giving in to his temptation to harm Shane. The awesomely sweet-ass yeah. camera angles, especially the one with the gun poking out of the zombie's head. Um... Bringing up the right the winter and how it should be easier on them. Finally, getting the conversation of am- or cons- conservation of ammo and how to find food and supplies. Mm-hmm. The bad Shane agreeing that it must have been scratches that killed the guards, and then cutting his hand open with the same knife he used <laughs> to kill a zombie. Rick giving Shane a gun after Shane had tried tried to kill him. I think that was Beta Rick pressing impressing upon Shane the fact that even though you've given me ample reason not to, I'm a good guy and I'm going to trust yeah. you. Would have been funny Definitely. if Shane just un- emptied a pistol right in his face, though. <laughs> the ugly, Lori's sexism, Andrea's snobbishness, Lori's sense of entitlement and plain selfishness, and the mustache mm. weird zombie. What? I don't... Mustache weird zombie? I didn't see the mustache weird zombie. Uh, a hipster zombie. Yeah, I didn't see any mustaches anywhere in this episode, except for Dale. Um, moving on... Um, T. Baca from the ABQ. Shane is very lucky that Rick doesn't think or act like he does. If he did, Shane would be a dead man by now. By Shane's logic, once Rick was out of danger, he should have put Carl, Lori, and unborn baby first. Uh, yeah. Funny you didn't hear Shane preaching to Rick about how stupid it was to put his life on the line once he was out of danger. <laughs> Obviously, the hard choices don't count if it means saving Shane's ass. Yep, a little selfish. Joseph H. throws. He picks up the poetry gauntlet that... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I believe it was uh, Ted threw down last week, wasn't it? Maybe. Ted K, didn't he do the uh Yeah, it was song? a really awesome poem we got last week. Um, anyway, he, he picks up the gauntlet and he uh, raises it with a haiku. The lonely walker, aimless in a golden sea, reflections of Shane. Nice. I like it. Especially since a true it's haiku has to mention something with nature. Uh, other, you think so? Yeah, no, it's like that a rule. A fact? It's not just a five seven five. If it's not, it's something else. It's not a haiku. It's no one cares. The Japanese bullshit stuff. Huh. So. But yeah, you, you have to have some kind of reference to nature to make it a haiku. Other, it's otherwise it's just a you know spoken word. Drop a knowledge. Boom, Drew T. Uh, holy hell, eighteen miles out was better than a free uh, Los Hermanos meal. <laughs> uh, knives, both literal and metaphoric, were certainly a motif. Oh, this is a good one. Mm-hmm. Rick cuts himself to demonstrate how they better survive in the long term. Shane cuts himself so he can survive in the short term. And Beth cuts herself because he doesn't mm-hmm. know if she wants to live. Plus, she's wearing goth makeup. What? <laughs> I didn't I, see any goth makeup. I couldn't get over how shiny white her teeth were, though. Is she a juggalo? Is that what's happening? <laughs> and Ran- yeah. and Randall is listening. Maybe it's just the suicidal dark tendencies. There you go. Uh, and Randall is listening to Cutting Crew on his iPhone. <laughs> Uh, metaphorically, <laughs> the characters are cutting each other with uh, words. Wow. Andrea and Lori, Rick with Shane, Maggie with Andrea, and they're cutting ties with each other as well. 
Shane told uh, Shane to cut his ties directly, but everyone's growing more distant, especially Herschel, who's off tipping cows while his daughter's suicidal. Uh, very pretty sweet analysis. Yeah. Also, yeah. Yeah. This is like almost Breaking Bad level. Definitely. Uh, also, contrary to what Randall said, you're probably better off alone than with a group. The less attachments you have, the better. You're not tied down by other people's needs or stupidity. Alone, you can probably do, or you can do what you have to do to keep yourself to, uh, safe. Together, you're probably deader than Peyton Manning's neck. Oh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> Jim, you're a minch. Aaron, punch. Aaron, you're the T dog of the cast. <laughs> That's right, grossly underutilized. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> absent, mostly absent. Uh, no. Daniel WB said, firstly, you misread my quote-unquote disappointment email a little out of context since I pinned that after watching the season opener. The shows are getting better as characters leave the farm. Hint, hint. The barn <laughs> shootout should have drawn a small herb of zombies, which have put some giddy-up on everyone leaving Herschel's. The rapid-fire cutaways between the DPW site and the farm really drew attention to how lame the farm is. Yes. Who is a suicide yeah. girl and why did she come out of her coma? That thread made me really appreciate my DVR's fast forward button. <laughs> uh, I agree. Also, T Dog needs a new agent and will Lori start showing before she dies? <laughs> That's all very good questions. Daniel WB's got Lori on a nine month clock. Tick, 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 tick. <laughs> she has to stay around long enough to have a zombie baby, so. Um, T. Baca from the ABQ had a follow-up question. Why is the group worried about Randall's people coming to look for him? The guys in the truck were not going back to his group and confessing that he left Randall there in the fence. He would look like an ass for leaving Randall behind. Wouldn't he go to his group and say that he got eaten by walkers or that Rick killed him? They don't know the area. Mm. They wouldn't know where, where to look. It's kind of weird that Rick is suddenly and completely antisocial, like no new people entering our group. Even this quote-unquote kid that just got mixed up with the wrong people. I'm surprised that wasn't mm. an option. Like, we'll, we'll rehabilitate him. His his crew is going to leave him to die. We took him back and fixed him up and nursed him back to health. Miraculous. Health. Yeah, I mean, you you would hope they could set that up better. Like, maybe they take in a survivor, and it turns out that he's a horrible person and tries to kill somebody. Yeah. Then I could see Rick being justified not taking any more people in. Right. Uh, Rachel from Cleveland had a few stray thoughts predictions. Uh, to, uh, Rick has completely emasculated Shane. If you drank every time Rick belittled Shane or said, she is my wife, she is my son, that is my baby, she is my son, that's disturbing. During the episode, you'd be nursing a hangover on Monday. Rick rubs his family in Shane's face, then visibly considers abandoning Shane to fend for himself in an impossible situation, only to emasculate him by framing his rescue on a set of conditions. That Shane surrender himself to Rick's way indefinitely. Shane's balls must be pretty sore at the end of this episode. And his armpit. His <laughs> armpit. <laughs> uh, but surprisingly, I think Shane lives to see season three because Lori's death at the end it has to be at the end of season two, not Shane. The writers must want us to hate Lori, or at least not mind having her gone, because this episode has pushed my tolerance for her beyond the limit. I officially proclaim her irredeemable. You've got <laughs> the you Rachel earlier. from Cleveland. You know, I've had Stand. enough yep. limit. She's an anchor to the group. She's a root of the violent dispute between the two most experienced, capable leaders of the group, which will inevitably create the prominent fracture in the group as a whole. Proof that we're just, we're not just misogynist assholes who hate Lori. This is a woman saying, I hate Lori. I, yeah, I don't know. I Everyone think, hates Lori. I think that it's this show does a horrible disservice to women, honestly. Um, and not since... This is my thoughts, not Rachel's. Not since Popeye 
versus Bluto have I seen two guys waste more time over such a worthless, you know, nice. trophy, quote unquote, trophy of a woman. Back to Rachel. Um, and they're both these, similarly thin. If these people split up, they're all dead. Save a couple here or there. Also, how dare she bitch about something as relatively safe, stable, normal, and relatively easy as cooking and cleaning? Yeah, no one likes housework, but she would. Would she rather take the responsibility of zombie watch or zombie slaying or zombie burning or on occasion zombie bait? Lori is reckless, self-centered, righteous, and clueless. She's got to go. Yes. Amen. Uh, David L. says, good episode, a lot going on. I must have missed a day in school where they taught you to let people suicidal feelings to, uh, alone to work it out uh, on their own. Yeah. Andrea accomplished a difficult task by sounding crazier than a suicidal person. Alex S., uh, I would really like an entire episode focused on Daryl, T-Dog, and Dale. Have them stuck in a zombie-infested building and need to fight their way out, something along those lines. I think that might give them some much-needed character development. Who would you want hmm. an episode like that to focus on? Well, Not obviously Daryl, because we all love Daryl already. Daryl and T-Dog and Glenn, I think, is a good start. You, you're just done with Dale? You don't even care? You don't want him? I mean, what the fuck? No. Uh, yeah. I mean, I like Dale for what he is, but he's mm. not and never a has been a zombie slayer. Yeah. Whereas I could see T-Dog because Although, he has a vicious curb stomp. Uh, it would be kind of cool to put Dale in that role and then have him choose to sacrifice himself to save someone at the end. Hmm. Like the only one that so far voluntarily sacrificed himself. Maybe Everybody else put his in- money where his mouth is and say yeah. Shane. Like stay true to his <laughs> principles. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of on board with Daryl T. Dog and Dale uh, train now. <laughs> sure. Awesome. Can we add Glenn to it? Yeah, I want to see more of Glenn. I like Glenn. Uh, I wonder if who would be the leader in that group. I would want to say Daryl, except for Daryl just wouldn't take it. Daryl doesn't want yeah, to be the leader. Yeah, Daryl doesn't want to be a leader. He wants to bitch from the rear and out-badass everyone. That's his primary goals. Yeah, I kind he of just think, wants to be left alone to do his own thing. I kind of think Glenn would be the leader in that group. He might be. He would certainly be the strategist, right? Yeah, because he seems yeah. to take charge in that kind of way, even with Rick. Like, this is what you need to yeah. do, this is what I need to do, and everybody's like, yeah, okay. Uh, that's all the feedback we have. That's all the feedback we had. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Uh, it didn't take too long, about a half hour. <laughs> um, kick it to outro? Yeah, definitely. Keep up with Jim and I and all the podcasts we do and all the shows we cover at ballmove.com. Get at us an email, watchingdeadballmove.com, facebook.com slash ballmove. Tweet at us at ballmove. Uh, the way you can support us is, number one, tell your friends. Number two, leave us positive iTunes reviews if you haven't already. Both of those things help us get the word out and grow the audience and and get more feedback and and more fun for us. And if you want to help keep us free Mm -hmm. and no bullshit commercials and no bullshit on our site, uh, please use our Amazon.BaldMove.com link. It costs you nothing. If you're going to be buying stuff on Amazon anyway, um, it just gives us a little tiny percentage as a way of Amazon saying thanks for directing the traffic to us. So, again, not saying buy a bunch of stupid stuff. But if you are buying stupid stuff on Amazon, please use Amazon.BallMove.com. Definitely. Uh, All right. That's it for this episode. Next week's is going to be called Judge, Jury, Executioner. Sounds interesting. Should be good. Uh, So until then. Do you think uh, it's going to guest star Sylvester Stallone? Judge Dredd? Yeah. (laughs) I am the law.
I don't think so. I hope it does. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it would be much needed. Uh, Underrated movie. Underrated movie. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> join us next week. Uh, until then, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. See you in the spoilers. back let's go ahead and run the uh preview for next week on the next episode of amc's the walking dead shot of my boys try to take this farm just trying to tell me you're innocent one of those got a gang and they ain't looking to make friends they're just gonna kill them people are scared they need to be safe i own that Rick's the leader of this group. And we ought to change that. If we do this, the people that we were, the world that we knew is dead. There are only three episodes left this season. A special look at a scene from next week's The Walking Dead. Uh, over dramatic Dale. Dale has just taken over Rick's spot as, you know. Yeah, he's been moving into that for a while. The world be known as gone. Hiding the guns. Plus that Andrew Lincoln has lost all vestiges of accents <laughs> in this thing. As he hit me with he's a, like, a line from he, Rick. He's, uh, let's, okay, here, there was <laughs> just one right there. Let's do that again. See if you can detect any kind of accent. You're just going to kill him? People are scared. They need to be safe. People are scared. They need to be safe. Yeah, you. That's not English. That's not Southern. He's like. Nope. His horrible accent Scott and his English American. accent has like it's like the opposite wave of a sound that just like noise cancellation. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. has now got zero accent. Yeah, he's from like California. Kevin Costner should try to go for a horrible Scottish accent. <laughs> oh God! And then he'd come out like normal. Yeah, that's a good point. Anyway, yeah. balancing so, accents. Uh, are we excited about next week's episode? Uh, yes, I am. Because I want to see resolutions, and it looks like we're going, going to get some. You think so? I think Randall will be resolved next week, one way or another. All right, so I've got mega spoilers, basically synopsis. Do you want me to read it, or portions of it? I'm not going to read the Hell whole thing. Hell yeah, we got to read it, right? All right, so the episode starts with... That's what we're here for. The episode starts with Daryl beating the shit out of Randall in a shed. Randall yeah. reveals that the group has about 30 people, including women and children, and that he doesn't know where they're staying since they're always on the move. He also says they're heavily armed and tells a story about how they once found the guy with two young daughters out while scavenging and proceeded to rape the girls, letting their father live so he could watch. Jesus. Daryl then beats him even harder. Cute Good. music. Uh, so this guy is uh, obviously not a good guy. Yeah, and I think they foreshadowed that when he, they had him stabbing the zombie in the head. He is not yeah. a good guy, Randall. Uh, Daryl leaves the shed and reveals to the others what he found out. Uh, based on that knowledge, Rick decides that he needs to kill uh, Randall. Only Dale argues against it. Uh, and I, and then he goes on this campaign, which we saw a scene of Dale trying to campaign Shane, which is kind of hilarious. Hamming it up. Yeah. Um, the only one that sides with him in the end is Andrea. What? Yeah. Andrea's all over the map. Uh, I don't get it. Lori's all over the road. Andrea's all over the map. Uh, majority rules for Randall is to be executed. Um, good. There's a moment between Herschel and Glenn at which the old man gives uh, Glenn his father's watch that he's been holding up his ass, his ass. this entire zombie apocalypse. <laughs> ass watch. Him and Dale. What's it with old guys and <laughs> ass watches? That's what they do. Yep. Uh, 
but uh, they hold that uncomfortable hunk of metal up their ass, and then that he gives it to him as a way of blessing his relationship with his daughter. Didn't they already establish that flask was kind of his thing? Why doesn't he give him that flask? <laughs> Here well, you I'm go, giving son. you a demon in the bottle. You're gonna need it. Uh, Maggie's a handful. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> Meanwhile, Carl sneaks into the shed to look at Randall, who begs Carl to help him escape. Shane finds him there, drags him out, telling him to stop trying to get himself killed. Carl then immediately goes and tell, uh, calls Carol an idiot for believing that Sophia is in heaven. But who Car- does that? Carl. Oh, wow. Carl. Carl turns atheist. He goes, uh, channels his inner uh, Bill Mayer. I, Bill Maher. Yeah. Apparently zombies don't go to heaven. Is Carl's theory. Richard Dawkins. Um, <laughs> Rick asked him to apologize and start thinking before opening his mouth. I think that's what he did, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then he steals Daryl's gun, finds a walker stump stuck in a swamp, and tries to shoot it. Before he can do that, the ro- walker breaks free and attempts to grab Carl, who freaks out and runs away. At nightfall, Rick takes Randall to the barn and prepares to shoot him, but Carl comes in to watch. Rick pussies out. Can't mm. do it. Um, near the woods, Dale finds a mutilated cow and is attacked by the same walker as from before who freed itself from the swamp to follow uh, Carl. Mm. Dale doesn't get bit, but the walker tears open his guts yeah. before he's killed by Daryl. Dale's wounds are too grave, and Daryl performs a mercy killing by shooting him in the head. Oh, in hell yeah. So now the anonymous source sent us this, and they also sent us some screenshots showing... Mm. Uh, a zombie gu- Shane, a zombie Shane, and a gun to uh, Dale's head. Hmm. So uh, the, the, a substantial to mercy killing uh, aspect, and also sent in a uh, image of Carl Junior. I think lining up the shot on the swamp zombie. I don't think that was zombie Shane. Hmm. It was a very low quality resolution of that. Okay, I recognize the zombie Shane by the lobes for sure. sure. Yeah. Um, so I think that's definitely, that's at, at this point, this is as well confirmed as the Sophia thing was at the same point as last year. We have gotten some conflicting spoiler reports. There are some reports that zombie Shane's going to bite Lori and Rick has to kill Lori, mm-hmm. but our inside source is saying that those are not good. Those are not accurate spoilers. Yeah. So if you see those on Reddit, um, just you know, if if you got confidence in our source, then uh, discount those. If not, uh, we'll we'll get a new wrinkle on our ass, and we'll call bullshit on our official spoiler source. But he's been sure. right so far. Yep. He or she has been right so far. Um, anything to say about all that? Honestly, uh, I think I, Dale dying is a great thing. I don't think it's great. I think it's. I'm okay with it. Like I, I don't think Dale is a huge player at this point. Which is a good uh, reason to kill him. Streamline the cast. I don't know why they're killing Dale and presumably Shane. Because uh, it seems like they're the two with the most contentious views on each other. And they're just killing off that thread by killing both of them. Like, wouldn't one suffice? Wouldn't killing just Shane kind of close off both of those loose ends? Yeah, but you Rick still got Dale. Dale. You still got Dale and the So they thing just don't want to deal Andrew. with Dale anymore? I just think he's an unnecessary... Look... You've got only so much screen time, mm-hmm. and is would you want to see Dale over anyone else in the group at this point? Lori. Okay. <laughs> granted. Granted. I'd rather Lori be dead, but you're right. You're right. I uh, actually think the only – the slim possibility of redemption for Lori is that 
Shane gets killed and she settles the fuck down. I don't see it happening. I don't either. I'm just saying. Andrea's still around to call her on her bullshit. Yeah. I don't know. So, but she can't say that nothing ever, um, nothing ever bad happens to Lori. That's something that we didn't really talk about in the main cast. I wish we had. The Mm -hmm. fact that that's a pretty accurate critique of Lori. Oh, it is. And I think it, it vastly affects, I mentioned a little bit about her viewpoint. It really affects the way her character views this world. Yeah. Everyone else is totally alone. They have nobody else except this group. Lori's got her whole fucking family there. Yeah. That's true. No one has any connections, family connections, other than Herschel. Yeah. And, and they're the, the new part of the group, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. And I'm sure eventually none of them will have connections either. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of them will be left or something. And At what point do these groups going to trust enough to start letting new members back in? I don't know if they'll ever do that, especially after what's happening with Randall. Well, it has to happen because of the, you know, we've heard about this Michonne stuff. Oh, that's a good How point. Does, yeah, maybe a girl with a samurai sword wield, you know, <laughs> dragging two zombies behind her is, makes you sit up and take notice. Yeah, or maybe there's something about her character that they trust intrinsically. Let's talk about this, too. You started to mention this in the show. We had to edit it out. Uh, <laughs> the fact that Merle might be running with this pack. I'm wondering, yeah. This seems like the type of pack Merle would run with. The, yeah, rape uh, two daughters in front of this guy's face yeah. definitely has the feel of Merle on it. And also, I'm wondering if this is, because we just got, uh, we'll talk about this here in a minute, we, they just announced that they've cast the governor. Yeah. Um, we've got this band of people that's, that's that's raping and pillaging and taking things by force. It seems like... Maybe this is the introduction that they're going to follow them to the prison, and and uh, this group is going to be the genesis of the the governor. Maybe. So, uh, anyway, uh, speaking of that, Mike D uh, and also Eric M tweeted in uh, or sent us an email saying that Glenn Mazzara tweeted the following: that David Morrissey uh, from State of Play has landed one of the most anticipated roles on AMC's The Walking Dead. The British actor. Oh boy! Another, <laughs> Another Brit British Southern swinging accent. for the Southern accent <laughs> is set to join the mega hit zombie drama as a new series regular in season three, playing the Governor, a popular character from Robert Kirkman's graphic novel that serves as the basis for the AMC series. The Governor is a leader of Woodbury, a small settlement of survivors, and becomes a chief antagonist for The Walking Dead's lead, Rick Grimes, and his group. Morrissey, repped by the Collective. Uh, I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. Anyway, um, so the other interesting thing about this is in the comic, the governor gets his hand cut off and Rick gets his hand cut off by the governor. Mm -hmm. It'd be interesting if Merle was in that group and it's like, I want you to cut this boy's hand off like he cut my hand off. Yeah. And that's like, you know, whips the crowd into frenzy and there it goes. That'd be cool. Or maybe he makes Rick cut his own hand off like Merle had to. (laughs) And then feeds it to him like that. <laughs> what are yeah. we? Is this Sin City or The Walking Dead? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Man. It's going to go some dark places. It has to. Yeah. I mean, there's some... like you have, have you gotten any of the governor sequences? No, I haven't. No. I need to read that. Stuff. The most fucked up thing I've ever seen in the comics to date. So the governor's got this whole wall set up in his dwelling where it's aquariums full of zombie heads. And he like, watches them like TV. With water in there, or just 
I can't remember if there's water or anything, but they're just they're, zombie they're zombie heads that are moving and like rah rah rah, and he just and he just sits Holy there. Shit. He sits there in a lazy boy and watches it like TV. Wow, that's pretty messed up, man. That's fucked up. Can you <laughs> imagine awesome, what that though. would be like, though? I can't imagine what a live action scene of that would look like. It's going to be fucked up. I hope they show that. I hope they don't make noise though, because a headless zombie can't make noise beyond clicking and like yeah. It you can't know, have any moaning. It doesn't have any air moving through no. its uh, vocal cords. So, no. yeah. I'm not going to suspend my belief. Walk Dead can walk, sure, but they don't have vocal cords and lungs, and fuck you. Anyway, TJ, uh, TJ from Michigan states, uh, next I'm starting to, or I'm starting to see the spoiler you let fly a couple of weeks ago definitely happening. Shane will die and Andrew will leave the group. More on that in a bit. Uh, after Carl shoots zombie Rick, Rick, uh, excuse me, after Carl shoots zombie Shane, Rick will be forced to tell everyone that Jenner told him that all were infected in an emotional oh. scene, which I can't help but play through my head in Aaron's awesome Rick Grimes voice. <laughs> he will yell these words, uh, they're not the walking dead, we are. And then Andrew that will was my come best up Rick. and say, no one cur. No one cur. <laughs> And finally, I think Carol will bite it somehow sooner than later, maybe not mm-hmm. now, but at the beginning of season three, and here's why I think that. I was watching The Mist a little while back, and I noticed that the movie had Dale, Andrew, Carol, and the Mexican guy from season one in it. Hmm. Really? Uh, I didn't know it had Andrew. I didn't know about the rest. I did a little research and found that this guy was in a Frank Darabont film. I think the new producers and showrunners will get rid of all the Darabonters while reshaping the story completely so that you can't just read the comics and sour yourself through the story. Hmm. Sorry this is so long. Just wanted to get it out there. You guys are great, and I can't wait for the next episode. Um, yeah, I kind of I kind of agree. Um, I've seen... So, so Game of Thrones follows the source material almost slavishly. Yeah. Justified, I've been reading some of the novels it's based on, and they do a really good job of taking the best out of the best characters, the best dialogue. It's like they pull out the best characters, the best action scene, and the best dialogue, Mm -hmm. and then they blend them up into a pleasing order. So it's like you recognize where it's coming from, but it's in a completely different setting out of a different character's mouth, but it's still awesome. Yeah. Walking Dead seems to be taking this approach of we're going to take some of the stuff from the comics, but we're going to put twists on it, and some of it works, some of it doesn't. I feel like there's... There, there, there's not uh, another good example of the Master and Commander movie, which probably nobody sees unless <laughs> I've read the books. But they basically pillaged 20 books for the best scenes and put them in two hours uh, with a movie. And yeah. it was awesome. Yeah. I feel like there's a, a, a blueprint you can do mm-hmm. with this material and Walking Dead's trying something Maybe the different. issue is that comics are a very, very different format than a television show. Comics can gloss over things that television doesn't really gloss over, and it can and it can span lengthier periods of time and jump around in the timeline a little bit more on TV. I think people are a little bit more forgiving of plot holes in comics too. I would say definitely, yeah. So they're having to fill in a lot of the holes that the comic book doesn't have to explain, doesn't have to deal with. I wonder if they're just having trouble with those parts because I I could. I can see the CDC is cool. I can see the prison is cool. I can see all this stuff is cool. Although CDC wasn't in the comic um, until maybe later. I don't know. No, I don't think it ever was. Okay. So there's a lot of stuff in there that is straight out of the comic, but they have to fill in a lot more holes. 
I wonder you, if that's the issue. Do you think that it seems to me, and I don't know, I haven't read enough behind the scenes, but it seems like Kirkman's taken a much larger role with Darabont exiting. Hmm. Okay. Do you think some of this is just him himself taking more control, but not really knowing what he's doing with his comic book background? Because I noticed that the action certainly kicked up a notch in season two. Oh yeah, hell yeah! But the storytelling and atmosphere has somewhat declined. Mm-hmm. So in Darabont's hands, you had some really good character moments and some genuinely like I haven't been scared in season two yet. I was too yeah. scared two or three times in season one. Um, I, I just feel like that maybe that's a part of Kirkman bringing his comic book sensibilities to the plot and Mazera trying to jerk the show into a cinematic direction. So you've got this kind of like very schizophrenic result that's more exciting consistently. Well, I thought Darabont on the whole was more cinematic. I mean, certainly he's a movie director and he doesn't have any TV experience. And you look at Glenn Mazzara's old work, like he directed or he did a bunch of work on The Shield. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what he did. Um, but that was a very <laughs> – a show that didn't have much uh, fancy cinematography and, and themes and stuff running through it. It was uh-huh. basically a pretty straightforward cop show. Uh, I don't think that Jesus, we've Glenn been is running... It's Glenn. I've been calling him Glenn, Greg the whole time. Oh, I call him Glenn. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm an uh, idiot. <laughs> Correct me, please. we Will do. Uh, I don't think Glenn has the the cinematic chops that Darabont has. Hmm. I mean, you look at some of the episodes from early in season one, uh, like that, the opening pilot is fantastic. That that's, plays like a movie to me. Um, But you look at a lot of the stuff that's happened since then... And I don't see it, man. I especially in this last few episodes after Darabont left, I don't see it. Hmm. The 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 movie feel is lost to me. Uh I don't know. I feel like I'm getting several examples of, you know, very cinematic things that's happened in the last few episodes. Yeah, but they're not they're not What are you meaning kind of all encompassing yeah. of the sh- the episode? They're just huh. like a shot. Huh. I'm talking about there was a very cinematic feel to the first episode overall. Uh-huh. Like, um, you had these overarching themes of Rick dealing, waking up to this world that is completely changed, and how does he deal with that? And it was kind of the big crux of that episode. And you've got all these really cool shots, and yeah, those are just shots. But it just felt more cohesive to me, more like a movie. And, I mean, maybe that was to do with the budget that they had there, you know? Because mm-hmm. the pilot always gets way bigger of a budget. Right. Okay. Well. So, I don't know. I'm still on board with Darabont's old stuff. Do we have anything else to talk about in the spoiler section? Uh, no, I don't have any spoilers beyond I think the, the podcast. I think the listeners got their money's worth in this week's cast. Yeah, this is a long cast. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to our review ranking go- or review rating going down in iTunes. Yeah, yeah. Go give as, us some one stars. As all the f- fans of the show decide, the, the true fans of the show savage us. But Yeah. So, I don't know. Like I said, I, um, I, I feel I identify very strong with whoever on Reddit said, uh, I've never loved the show more while simultaneously caring about the characters less. Hmm. Like usually a show that if I don't like the characters and there's only two or three that I really like, yeah, 
I usually just can't stand the show, especially when the screen time is devoted so much to them. But for this fucking show, it keeps on bringing me back because it is interesting. It's entertaining. It, it drives is. me crazy yeah. twice an episode, but it is inter- <laughs> it is watchable as hell. Sure. So anyway, all right. Well, then I think that's it for the episode. Wouldn't you say? I'd say so. All right. Then join us next week, uh, where the name of the episode is Judge Jury Executioner. Yep. See you then. I am the law.